You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. I am so excited to introduce my guest, Zane Wildman of Ubuntu Made, to the show today. Zane is one of the coolest people that I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with. The dude is funny. He has an amazing heart for Africa and for the Lord. And uh, he's got a really cool story. I mean, everything from uh, he was a biology major who ended up in Kenya and eventually became an Episcopal priest to his passion for you know, creating sustainable jobs in Kenya. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Zane today. Hey, Zane, welcome to the show. Thanks, Molly. Good to be on the show. I am so excited to have you on the Business with Purpose podcast. And, you know, I first learned about Ubuntu uh, a couple months ago, actually, when you guys did your collaboration with Zazzle. And that's right. I was just once I, I started doing a little bit more research on what Ubuntu was doing and just, you know, all that you guys are doing in Kenya, which, um, you know, before we started recording and, and for people to listening to this podcast, like you guys know by now how much I love Kenya and how a huge <laughs> part of my my heart is in Africa. And I say all the time to my husband, I'm like, please, let's sell our belongings and move there tomorrow. And he says, no, we have two small children. And that is ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe one totally. day, maybe one day. Um, but before we get into all of that, uh, what I have all of my guests do on the show is give me your 101. So give me the Zane 101. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, where are you <laughs> from? Where did you go to school? You know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, well, and where am I from? Yeah. I'm, I'm a Texan. I'm a Texan born and bred. Oh, all right. Where in Texas? Because uh, it's a big state. Uh, originally. Yeah. Yeah. Originally from Arlington, so okay. the Dallas, Fort Worth area. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then really, I mean, you know, I ended up going to uh, college at University of Kansas. I'm a, I'm a Kansas Jayhawk, uh, Rock Chalk Jayhawk for any Jayhawks mm. listening out there. All right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I mean, honestly, for the last, gosh, 15 years of my life, have been trying just to make sense of kind of what you experienced, Molly, um, you know, going to Africa Kenya specifically, we have a passion for, um, which is in common. And, you know, I bought a one-way ticket right out of college. Um, So after I finished up at Kansas, um, ended up, you know, buying a one-way ticket, moved to Africa, had never been, I've been to Europe, studied abroad for, you know, three months, but studying abroad in Europe and then buying a one-way ticket and moving to Africa is very, (laughs) is very different. Um, and so, you know, that trip, I ended up living there for over a year, um, in Kenya specifically, and also traveled around to a few different countries in Africa during that year. And that was 2000, 2001. Yeah. Um, and really my life, honestly, since then has been trying to make sense of that powerful experience and how it shaped me or began to shape me yeah. um, and answer a lot of questions that I traveled to Africa with, got some answers, um, but have been still trying to answer the other questions. So 
that's kind of my, that's my 101. I love it. Now, what did you study at Kansas? I studied biology and it got me really far. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the reason I ask is like, is like, that's not a norm. I mean, obviously like this is coming from somebody who also loves Kenya. Like that's not a normal thing to do to just like graduate college and be like, I'm buying a one way <laughs> ticket to Kenya. Like what, totally. what, was, what was the, 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 you know, the catalyst behind that? It was really, I mean, it was three questions. Um, and they kind of just hit me, uh, really in my junior year and beginning of my senior year of college. And, um, one was I was supposed to go to medical school. Uh, so that was the track I was on. And for those, you know, as you're in college and you're, you're doing your undergrad and then you're thinking, am I going to do postgrad? Am I going to go do an internship or, you know, a residency somewhere? And for me, it was the medical path was where I had really been marching down. And, yeah. and the reason I said I was going to be a doctor is because my main motivation wasn't necessarily medicine or science. I mean, even though I enjoyed those, it was because I wanted to help people. Um and I remember just like talking about to some friends, like why I was going to go into medicine and why I was taking the MCAT and all these things and, and talking about that I wanted to help people. But then I, during, as I was talking, I was realizing kind of just how full of shit I was because I had never actually spent any time helping anybody. Yeah. And so that was the big, that was one, that was the first question that pinged me was, you know, do I really what, like, what does it feel like to help people, like to focus your life on helping people? Um, and do I like it? And then the second question that I had really wrestled most of my college career with was what I believe in. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in Texas and so, you know, divorced family. So half my family, you know, very much Texas, like love Jesus and church every Sunday. Um, the other half of my family, you know, very driven in, in business and, um, you know, their work and really didn't have any faith that they subscribed to. Yeah. And so I was kind of in the middle and I had had glimpses of God and moments of, of that, that connection and that deep purpose, um, but nothing that really sustained me. And so I was really questioning what I believed in. So that was the second question. Yeah. And then the third question that was really kind of really far out there for, for, you know, doesn't really fit in with the other two questions, but it was just like, who would I be? Um, if you dropped me in the middle of nowhere, like, am I who I am? Because it's like, it's like intrinsic. It's like, it's who I was made to be. Um, or am I who I am because of society of who my parents want me to be, who my family, my friends, my social network, um, and, you know, and so that was just like a question, like, would I still be Zane and the Zane that my friends and family know um, if I were dropped in the middle of Africa or with that freedom, would I be someone totally different? Yeah. And so those those three questions, like I couldn't get them out of my head and I was just wrestling like crazy. It would be like that, that would consume me even while I was in class my senior year of college. And I watched my older brother and, you know, classmates ahead of me go, you know, graduate from college and just like trying to figure life out. And by doing so, they were taking on responsibilities and things that, you know, that really tied them down. And they didn't have the freedom just to focus on searching out some of those really, I think, vital questions to yeah. our existence. So I bought a one-way ticket and moved to Africa to figure it out. Wow. 
Now, what made you <laughs> what made you settle on Kenya? Were you just kind of like you like kind of threw a dart at a map and we're like, that's where I'm going. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I this is like right when the Internet was starting. And so um, email was trickling in and, and, you know, the idea of searching online and people didn't, you know, websites were really new. And so I actually old school style, like, submit, you know, like looked at Peace Corps and then just sent out mailers yeah. to get a bunch of like literally to, to apply to the Peace Corps. I pulled off a little like like kind of like a post-it note that was in one of my college classrooms, um, filled that out, got a packet in the mail, filled out the whole thing, took out the interview, you know, did the interviews. So I did that for about 20 different organizations. And the one I ended up going with was an organization called Africa Inland Mission. And, um, and I went to their, like their introduction in New York and like kind of their training course and to, you know, life in Africa. Um, and then they put, they placed me in Kenya. Like it wasn't really a choice of mine. I was really open to anywhere. Um, and it just happened to be Kenya. Yeah. My, uh, my aunt did the Peace Corps, but she did it uh, much later in life. She did it like after she, I mean, she did it in her late fifties, early sixties. Um, okay. Wow. Yeah, I know. She was like, and now, and now she actually works for like the Peace Corps corporate. Uh, I don't know if corporate's even the right word, but just, she did, you know, goes around to college campuses now and talks about her experiences. But yeah, she said it was just one of those experiences that was so transforming and she did it so much later in life than most everybody else does the piece. Yeah, that's rad. Um, And it was kind of one of those things where she just was like, you know, I, this is something I really have always wanted to do. You know, who says I'm too old to do it? And she ended up spending a lot of time in, um, she spent a few years, actually two stints in Romania. Um, Okay. But so, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, I think that's so awesome that yeah, I love it. You're like, I old school pulled off like a post-it note. Like, <laughs> like, I can remember doing it. I can yeah. just remember just being like, what is my life all about? Yeah. What would it be like to just go somewhere totally different and figure life out and figure out who God is and where I fit into this whole thing? And I remember looking in, you know, in that classroom and seeing that I just ripped it off and filled it out. And the next thing I know, I mean, Less than a year later, I was living in Africa. Yeah. So what was your assignment? Like, what did you go there to do? I mean, obviously, I know you were sort of there on this personal mission, but you were working with this organization. What was sort of your your first, you know, when you get dropped in, in the middle of yeah. Africa, so to speak, like, or not really the middle of Africa, the east side of Africa? Yeah. Um, you know, what, what happened? What did you do there? Um, well, so my, my purpose, like job description in going there was, uh, to be a med tech at a hospital called Kajabi hospital. Okay. Um, and then it was like a dual role and then they needed someone to teach high school French, um, at a boarding school called Rift Valley Academy. And so I taught sophomore level high school French. And then did you use, part-time. I'm assuming you spoke French. Right? I did. Yeah, I, did like... I did speak French. I mean, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a rough minor. Um, and I had that, like the only, the only thing that had taken me out of the country before that was studying in France for three months. 
Um, but by no means was I like proficient, <laughs> I was um, like, but, but, but good enough for, to be a French teacher <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in, in Kenya. Say, okay. Well, all right. So they're like, do you speak French? You don't? Yeah, That's okay. Uh, you will teach it uh, anyway. I'm like, yes, yes. We, 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 I speak a French. I can teach it to a bunch of Kenyans. Oh, that's good times. So, so it was crazy. And, you know, I, I saw that, you know, on your, on your blog that you're very passionate about your faith in Christ. And, yeah. um, you know, that was something for me, like it was very, I was very timid. I didn't know what I necessarily believed in. Yeah. Like I had had a, a loose connection with, with Jesus, but I wasn't sure like if he was the son of God and, and where that fit in for me. Um, and I actually ended up, I mean, African Inland Mission is a missionary, like a Christian missionary organization. Yeah. And so they had an immersion for two weeks in New York to kind of filter through like, you know, are you really fit to be a missionary and, um, where will we place you? And like, even there, I was just very open that like part of why I was going was to figure out, you know, who Jesus is and who God is and, and where, you know, that where I fit into that whole story or if I don't fit into that story. And yeah. by the grace of God, I mean, they let me go. <laughs> they let yeah. me go to Africa as a missionary without really knowing what I fully believed in. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, while I was so part of part of my loose description was that I was a missionary, but I was definitely a uh, like a reject missionary because I wasn't quite sure what what my faith was at that time <laughs> yeah yeah wow so and now and and also you are and i mean we can get into this because i want to continue to talk about your experience there but uh you also are an ordained priest is that correct <laughs> yeah i am so so when did <laughs> when did that happen did that, um, i'm assuming yeah, when you ha- came back yeah, I did. So I lived there for I lived there for a year, um, and then worked my way back. I kind of took the long route, um, ended up backpacking around Europe for two months, and then came back. And I was just like, "How do I make sense of this experience? And what do I do with all of this?" Yeah. And um, the one key piece inside of my heart was that I really wanted to study the Bible. Yeah. Um, because I, I knew I had clarity that I definitely, you know, believed, um, in Jesus and had had just like profound experiences throughout my time in Africa. Um, and with the Kenyans, um, of just seeing God at work, um, so powerfully that I couldn't deny it and, and just like really transform my life. And so I wanted to study, and so I moved to Montana um, and went to a small little Bible college in Montana. Even though I already had a college degree, I just wanted somewhere quiet that I could study. Yeah. And so um, moved up there, studied, uh, worked um, in the ER at the local hospital. And then through that experience, really felt, you know, long story short, felt the call um to enter some form of ministry. And I didn't know what that looked like. It was totally weird. Um, my family was like, what the hell are you doing? Um, and my friends too. I mean, it was like two years before that I was in a fraternity and partying my ass off at the university of Kansas. And then I had this like crazy year in Africa and now, you know, a year in Montana and then I'm going to go be a priest. (laughs) (laughs) So I, that's what I, that's what I did. Um, I ended up going through in the Episcopal 
tradition, you enter into a, a at least a, a minimum of a year of discernment. Yeah. And so I went through a year long discernment process, you know, at the time working um, and studying and it's really you're discerning God's will for your life. And then you meet with this set community. Um, my, my group was about six, seven people. Yeah. And for a year, we read together, prayed together, and they're discerning God's will in my life as well. And so it was, you know, unanimous that I was called to ordain ministry. And so then 2004, uh, I entered seminary at Seminary of the Southwest here in Austin, um, studied for a year, moved to Africa for a year, studied at an African international seminary, and then came back and finished my studies in Austin and then was ordained as an Episcopal priest. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you, you like sort of used your biology degree for like a hot second thing. <laughs> yeah. And then and then I your did. biology degree was just kind of like that's you know, biology is something you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, no, this is not gonna happen. Yeah. So So when you went to because it's it's really cool hearing kind of your story and just your your transparency and your honesty about just your in that part of your life when you were sort of questioning things and questioning your relationship with God and and all this sort of stuff and I think all of us I mean we can all relate to that in so many ways and we can all relate right. to that feeling of where do I belong what's my purpose like why why was I created like we yeah. all go through that and I went through that a lot you know I went you know I grew up um, this fun fact. So I grew up in <laughs> both my parents were Irish Catholic and, okay. you know, they grew up in going to Catholic school. And so when, when I was born, they, you know, they didn't want to necessarily like push Catholicism on me because they grew up like literally getting beat up by nuns. Like, and they just were like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not pushing that on her. And so Right. But I had friends who were who were Christians, and and then I kind of went through this phase in middle school where I was actually this is not a lot of people know this. I was part, except my husband knows this, but I was part of a Christian worship band in middle nice. school called Wait for It <laughs> Doubting Thomas, greatest <laughs> greatest Christian worship band ever. Ever. It's like the best name for a Christian worship oh band. Oh, gosh, that's awesome. I know. A bunch, and we, of, a bunch of songs about confusion and oh, identity man, and loss. So yeah. good. Yeah, and we, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and we sang all, because this is 99, like 90, no, sorry, this is middle school. So this is 96, 97, right. 98. Um, and <laughs> so we're singing, like, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. <laughs> Get you it. know, like, Get you know, it. we're doing it in a round and everything. It was, oh, man. See, this is this is what happens on this podcast is that we just you never know when you're going to bust out sanctuary. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, but fast forward, obviously, a few years. That's awesome. I know. Post Doubting Thomas, post sanctuary. Um, you know, and I was I was in a sorority in college and I, you know, my sorority, you know, we had a, a Bible study and I would go to that. But I was just wrestling with a lot of things like my mom died when I was in high school. And I was just mm. very like I was very like, I don't I don't know. Like, I see so much sadness in the world and so much bad. Yeah. So many bad things keep happening to me. Like, why is I don't you know, why would God let that happen? And it was just a it was just an I mean, it was me being immature and ignorant was what it was. Right. And 
fast forward even more years, um, you know, I ended up, I started going to a church here in North Carolina. This is after I left Virginia. And I was, but I was at that point where I was just, I was broken. I was lost. I didn't know, you know, I was lonely and I was just searching for something. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was just kind of like, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I started going to this church and all of a sudden things just started to click and make sense. And, uh, about less than a year later, my church was like, hey, we're doing this mission trip to Kenya. We've been, mm. this, you know, we've adopted this community. We're going back. So which I, I really love that model, which we're going to get that into that in a little bit. But just, you know, not just kind of like the pop in, pop out model, but just like the really coming alongside, like supporting them, adopting them, having a long term relationship, which creates sustainability. Right. Um, but so and I was like, oh. I'm going to go. And so I somehow miraculously raised money to go. And, and yeah, and it was at that point, like when I got there and like you were saying earlier, like I saw God at work in a way I never believed I could have ever seen God at work. I saw people who literally had nothing yet were the most joyful people in the entire world because they had Jesus. And I was just like, wait a second. Like, huh like you know and so that was a a moment where I I just really started to kind of evaluate um a whole lot of things and and like I have you know I have a roof over my head and I have clothes on my back and I have food on my table and I have a job that pays me um I might not be rich I might not be wealthy but why am I so unhappy Mm. and these people you know you know, they're the, a little girl. Her dad makes, you know, maybe 15 to $20 a month, <laughs> maybe yeah. as a, you know, as a, as a farmer. And yet they are just, they're joyful and they're grateful and they're thankful. Not saying that they don't experience and feel sadness and hardship because they do, but it just was such a different level of um, appreciation and understanding for gratefulness. Um, and it was just nothing, it's something that only God can do that. Yeah. (laughs) Like literally. Um, so with that all being said, so, you know, you went to, you went to Kenya, you you came back, you became an ordained Episcopal (laughs) priest, you you know, you've been back and forth to Kenya. Um, then you created, uh, an, forgive me if I'm mis miscall is create the change. Is it, was it create the change foundation or what was it called? Create the change. Well, we've gone through, we've gone through several reiterations. So we were, we were originally, so out of that first trip in 2000, um, just so, you know, basically like two years after that we started, um, well, our, our original name was the Kenya project that then became comfort the children. Um, that then became CTC, um, and then it became create the change. And then we've, you know, in the last two years, we went through a full rebrand and have landed on Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Uh, you, yeah, U-B-U-N-T-U. And that, and Ubuntu means? It means I am because we are. I love so it. So it's, uh, yeah, it originates from the Bantu, one of the original five tribes of Africa, um, the Bantu tribe, and it's a, a philosophy in their tradition that means I am because we are, you know, which, you know, basically, you know, Molly, you can't reach your full potential unless you're helping me reach mine. And I can't reach my full potential unless I'm helping you reach yours that we're, you know, all, all connected, all tied together. Yes. Yes. And so 
tell me about starting Ubuntu. And, you know, obviously, like you were saying, you went through some different iterations. But, you know, what when you've sort of landed on this um, in the last couple of years, tell me about Ubuntu. What do you guys do? Um, you know, what is what is sort of the purpose behind it? Yeah, I mean, the purpose has been a revision, you know, I mean, like, or I guess maybe a refining, you know, if you want to, you know, it's been very parallel with like my faith and my personal journey. Um, and then my co-founder, Jeremiah Kuria, who is a Kenyan, and he runs the show over there in Kenya. Um, you know, but we're, you know, starting with where we are and working back, where we, where we are now and working backwards. I mean, our focus now is really creating, um, you know, meaningful jobs uh, that empower, you know, local communities to take ownership of their own lives. Yeah. Um, and we do that, you know, mainly through our product line, uh, which is Ubuntu Made. You can check out the products at UbuntuMade.com. Um, and, you know, but working backwards from there, I mean, we, you know, we basically, you know, when you're creating something from nothing, which is what we were doing, I mean, I was the first, um, you know, Westerner living in this town. Um, so, you know, I was working in, working at the hospital, teaching French to high school students, um, but then 2,000 feet below where this hospital was, was, was the foot of the Rift Valley. And this town called Mai Maihu, um, which is where we, where Ubuntu is, our headquarters is. Um, but when I first went down there, I went down there with a group of doctors and nurses to an orphanage, and Jeremiah was running that orphanage. And, you know, very long story short, Jeremiah and I just had a connection um, with one another, and we started having lunch every Thursday. And so every Thursday I would drive, you know, 2,000 feet down the escarpment, um, pick Jeremiah up, and we would go and have lunch, and he would introduce me to members in his community. And he was a local pastor as well as a director of an orphanage. Um, And we just became best friends. And he introduced me to Kenya in so many ways. And um, I started introducing him to Western ways of doing things. And our relationship really just formed through that. And it was really, I mean, we're still best friends. Um, But our conversations then are really what fuel the fire of where we've come, you know, over the last 15 years. And and the, the core really focal point of the conversations we would have would come back to, you know, creating opportunities that empower. And, you know, that these people living in parts of Africa and other parts of the world are just as eager and hungry to be great parents, uh, great citizens in their communities, run their own businesses. Um, They just lack the opportunities uh, to be empowered to do so. And so really over the 15 years of us settling on creating meaningful jobs that empower, I mean, we started, you know, an HIV AIDS program. We started a school for children with special needs. We started an environmental program. We started a waste management company. We started a fashion line. We started a coffee brand with Whole Foods Market. Um, You know, we sold bracelets to American Eagle Outfitters. Um, you know, we've done all these crazy things, um, and what we've really landed on that makes the most sustainable and scalable impact and difference is a meaningful job. Yes. Um, and especially a meaningful job that has a global marketplace. Yeah. 
And so that's really, you know, what we have settled on. And so, you know, our, our focus now is continue to scale the product line, um, continue to grow more wholesale accounts, um, and, you know, grow our business on e-com. And then as we do that, you know, we're, we're creating a lifestyle brand that's core purpose is, an inter, you know, forming interconnected relationships that yeah. empower people's lives in Africa. I love it. I love it. What would you say is your signature product now? Like, what do you, when people are like, I want to check out your stuff. Like, what do you, what do you like? You have to check this out. This is, this is our Well, thing. I would say our signature product is about to be released in 2017. Ooh. Um, Secrets. But, <laughs> Secrets. but I, but I mean, our, 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 I would say like our core foundation product that, you know, sustains, you know, the factory in so many ways is our, it's a very simple product. Uh, but it's a reusable canvas coffee sleeve. So instead of the cardboard coffee sleeve that you throw out, you know, um, every time you get a coffee at Starbucks, uh, we formed a partnership with Whole Foods Market uh, about six years ago. And at every Whole Foods Market, so 400 plus stores, you know, globally, um, our, our, you know, Ubuntu made reusable canvas coffee sleeves are at every coffee bar. And so... Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not you know it's not a sexy product. It's a very utilitary like you know utility product, um, and but it's make you know it's environmentally friendly and it creates you know sustainable jobs. And then I would say our second you know big seller is um, our our message bracelets. So we we work with a handful of Maasai artisans. The two main tribes in the town where we work in are the Kikuyu and the Maasai. Yeah. And so the the Maasai, as you know, Mali are famous for their beadwork. Yeah. Um, and so a couple years ago, um, we formed a, a partnership with a company called the Supply Change, um, and we co-created the the Love Bracelet, um, and we formed a partnership with American Eagle Outfitters and got distribution of our Love Bracelets in every American Eagle um, in the United States and the UK. Um, and so our, our Love Bracelet was just featured with uh, Bono's Red Campaign um, on World AIDS Day, uh, which is December 1st. And so we've gotten a lot of traction out of the the beaded bracelets, um, especially the red love bracelet. That's awesome. That's yeah, thanks. so cool. That's so cool. Well, I was just thinking about it. So this episode will actually air the first week of 2017. So Sweet. we're like, we're sort of like speaking into the future and teasing the secrets, <laughs> but, but also... I know it's very, it can like mess with your head too. Sometimes you think about dates, but, um, so then, so tell me about the collaboration with Zazzle. How did that come about? Uh, the collaboration with Zazzle has been, you know, a longstanding partnership. I mean, I first met Jeff, um, you know, who founded Zazzle, uh, with his, his family, uh, his brother, Bobby. Um, I met Jeff over seven years ago. Um, and you know, kind of like Jeremiah, uh, you know, Jeff and I just kept having conversations um, just about ways that we could support one another and do something, you know, cool uh, that's uh, mutually beneficial, that's helping make the world a better place. And um, at at that time, Jeff was really thinking about starting kind of an internal arm with the company that would really feature the company's heart. 
And so he called it Zazzle Heart and, you know, committed to Ubuntu um, to use the marketplace of Zazzle to help grow awareness and impact for our communities in Kenya. I love it. And so, yeah, it was rad. And so Jeff, you know, came on a trip, uh, I want to say three years ago, um, just to check it out and see for himself the impact that we were creating. And he fell in love with it. And it's just like you did, Molly, and I did. He had a life-changing experience there, meeting the makers of all of our products. Um, and so the really powerful thing, and then we just launched our new line with Zazzle this past year. And I saw, Molly, you got some really rad products with those guys. Yeah. I love your goat, the goat toe. Oh, my gosh. Got. That thing is hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. But it's also, it's one, it's just, I mean, it's really well made. But two, cool. like every time I use it, people are like, where did you get that? That is the greatest bag ever. <laughs> My daughter, my three-year-old, like very strangely, I have no idea why or where it came from. Her favorite animal is a goat. Like she's obsessed right. with goats. And so every time, like it's her favorite bag. Every time I use it, she's like, mommy, it's the goat tote. And like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so what does it say? It says totes, it totes my goats. And then, totes it, just, and then it has a goats. picture of a goat on it. Like it's awesome. That's awesome. It's the funniest. And but so did you, did you design that yourself or did you pick a design? That was one, that was one of the, the, the ones that you could pick, but then I got, okay. I also got a, um, one of the customized like keychain mm-hmm. holder things, which I use obviously because it's on my keys. And then, um, my, but actually my favorite thing I got is I love the cu- customizable leather clutches. Awesome. like the big zipper pouches, but you could customize yeah. it. And I I have like a sort of a life verse that I have. It's on in my email signature. It's on my blog everywhere, but First Peter 4.10. And so I mm. got First Peter 4.10, um, I guess, inscribed or laser etched, whatever they call it, on this clutch. Um, and so I love that I know I have, you know, something that I can kind of carry around that also has that verse on there. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's the really the... I mean, and when Jeff and I were really brainstorming around what all this could be, you know, a real powerful thing that has come out of that partnership is here you have these, you know, beautifully handmade products coming out of Africa. So yeah. there's already this really powerful meaning behind it, right? Because it's handmade and it's creating jobs in Kenya. But then it's taken to Silicon Valley, you know, right outside of San Francisco. And you, you know, through their laser etching customization capabilities, you as a customer can take that a step further and make it even more personal, like you did with the first Peter, you know, verse. Um, And so it's like, this has, I mean, think about that. How cool is that? Like you, you just talked about two products, one, a bag that you love and your you know daughter loves it because it has totes my goats and that's her <laughs> favorite animal. And then you've got you've got this powerful, you know, you got this awesome leather clutch that you love because it's handmade in Kenya because Kenya's special to you, but then you also are able to laser etch it to something even more special to you, which is yeah. a scripture verse. Yeah. So that's the cool thing that Jeff and I started brainstorming on. We're like, people want products with purpose. They're looking for something that has transparency of real connection to yep. the maker, which we do at Ubuntu Made. But then on the Zazzle platform, customers can take it a step further and make it even more specifically, you know, personal to them by yeah. the customization you can do on on Zazzle. Yeah, I love it. I love. I think it's so creative, and I think it's so unique and it's I mean it's also always one of those things too that I tell people like if like if you're looking for like a unique gift idea like that's just so 
you can really just make it so personal and and it, then it tells a story like the product tells a story in and of itself and it's just right. like i said earlier it is really well made it's just very it's sturdy it doesn't feel sometimes like you you buy stuff that's handmade and you're like this is beautiful but it it feels handmade does that make sense right like, yeah, yeah, yeah totally yeah and this just the quality is just the leather is beautiful the stitching is beautiful the i mean it's just it's very well done Cool. Did you like your little card that came inside your yes? I mean, that just pockets and told the story about yes. the collaboration. Yes. Cool. And I I love that. Um, you know, I I say this on the show all the time is like I really look forward to the day when people no longer brag about like, you know, oh look at me, I got this shirt for five bucks at the store. To yeah. like like oh look look at the story that this particular product tells or like, look, yeah. the person who made my shirt signed it. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I totally used to be that person who would like, I go to, you know, old Navy at three o'clock on a, you know, a Friday afternoon and buy a three or $4 dress and then wear it that night and then never wear it again. Like, yeah. And I, I hate that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, well, we all were though. I mean, yeah. that, was, that was like, you know, you think about levels of consciousness and, and how God evolves in, in society and the world. And it's like, that's unfortunately where we were. We wanted things fast and we wanted them, you know, cheap and yeah. we wanted them the same. Right. And that's what we inherited from our parents. Yep. And it's like, and, you know, but now with pioneers in business like Yvonne Chouinard of Patagonia and John Mackey of Whole Foods Market, you know, you're starting to see companies follow their wake yeah. um, of, you know, we can make a profit and be a sustainable business, but not forget that we are visitors on this earth and we have to do good. We have to be good stewards of the earth. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's starting to happen. It's definitely happen, happening across food. Um, yes. Starting to happen through like Mrs. Meyer's soap and Method soap and things like that. And now it's even starting to happen in fashion, which is so great. Yes. I Yeah, that is also something I say all the time. It's just like I think kind of what we're seeing with over the last, you know, four or five years, there's just been this huge passion and, and influx of people and their food, like where your food comes from, making sure they're buying organic and GMO free. Right. And you see what Chipotle is doing and all, you know, kind of saying no to GMOs and all that kind of stuff. And then you see people like willing to pay more now for their food to make sure they're getting yeah. a good quality. But yet that hasn't fully transpired in the fashion industry yet. Um, yeah. But you're seeing you're seeing it start. And I I keep praying and I'm like, I'm praying and hoping that just over the next five, five years, we're going to see sort of that same change. And I think, unfortunately, it had, you know, what I think I guess I don't know what the exact like uh, catalyst was for food. I don't know if it was like that what the McDonald's documentary where the dude ate McDonald's every day for a month or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. But I, I don't. Me. Yeah, supersize me. Like yeah. I don't want. I don't want another Rana Plaza complex, you know, devast, you know, devastation to happen for people mm -hmm. to start. I think that was sort of the initial. Like, oh, these people were making like our stuff that we're wearing, and like thousands yeah. of them died just yeah. so we could wear a cute T-shirt from Old Navy. Um, yeah. 
you know, I don't want another one of those to happen for people to realize that, like, it's not about buying, you know, it's not about buying more. It's about buying better. Like, in the end, you'll actually save money because you're buying less, you know, because you're you're buying better. Yeah, like you're, you're, you know, you're what, totes, magos? Yeah. Um, you know, tote like that will last you forever, forever. You know, and your clutch. I mean, it's really well made. It's made yeah. out of great materials. And I think, so, you know, thing, something that I'm working on personally in my life with the food and the products that I buy, um, where I buy them, am I buying everything on Amazon or am I supporting local business? Yeah. You know, like with everything that I'm, I'm trying to just get better at realizing somebody's always paying like somewhere, somewhere like if, if, if an item is at a discounted price, somebody's paying for it. Yep. You know, if you're getting a a supersized meal, um, that's only two or three bucks, like somebody that may be, you know, cheap for you and inexpensive for you in the present, but you're probably health wise going to have to pay for that somewhere or where it was sourced is being paid for somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so I, what I'm trying to do is not just be super pious about it, but like be patient with myself and like, you know, show grace to myself of like slowly, you know, changing my purchasing behavior. Yes. Um, yeah. and like, cause it's hard to do it all in one go, you know, it's oh, like, I mean, it's freaking expensive yes. you know, if you're going to start just buying all organic and buying products that are sustainably made. I mean, it's like. What I'm trying to do is incorporate, you know, like core products or core food items, you know, that are cheaper, you know, that are you know a little bit more expensive. Like I'll buy those and use those through the week or, yeah. you know, starting to try to like buy staples, like a pair of shoes that are going to last me, you know, 10, 20 years. Yep. Um, so it's, but it's hard because you're having to change your total behavior, you know, purchasing behavior. Oh, absolutely. And that's all, and that's one of, you know, the goals I have, you know, and I love that that's something that you, you know, you live that out. You're doing it through what you're doing with Ubuntu. And like, that's something I am trying to do with my blog is like show people, look, I am not about making anybody feel guilty or feel bad. Like Mm -hmm. I I don't ever want somebody to be like, oh, I I bought this at Old Navy. Like I'm not going to make you feel bad about buying buying something from Old Navy. Like, but you know, I, my, my purpose is just to show you like, it's not as out of reach as I think we, we make we we think it is uh yeah it's totally something that we can all do and just starting little by little you know and and it literally like makes my day when somebody's like hey i you know look at look at what i bought this is made in handmade in uganda or like or or, hey i really needed a new jacket but i couldn't find one that i could afford that was ethically made so i actually I, i got this one from thread up you know, it's so it's secondhand, right. and I'm like, yes, that's awesome! Like, <laughs> I just really I celebrate those things because that's like, you know, I, I don't know if have you I'm assuming you've heard of Stitch Fix. Stitch no. Fix. So Stitch, Stitch Fix, Fix is so Stitch Fix is a company I I love Stitch Fix, but they're a, um they just actually launched Stitch, Stitch Fix Men in the fall, but Stitch Fix is a okay. like monthly or I guess whenever you want subscription service where you get a stylist and they send you like five pieces of clothing or accessories or shoes or whatever and um 
And so, but they have, you know, they have, you know, normal, you know, they're not going to say normal brands. I don't really know what that means, but they have like right. different brands. But <laughs> I, I request, I've been doing Stitch Fix for like almost three years now. And I, I love the company. They're, they have just their, their staff, their customer service is great. Anyway, this is not about Stitch Fix, but the, my stylist, <laughs> my Stitch Fix stylist has been my stylist for like, two and a half years like I've had the same Stitch Fix stylist for that long now we've never met in real life we only correspond via my monthly fixes or whatever but about a year and a half ago as I was really starting to enter this just go full on like I'm really passionate about buying ethically Um, you know I would put in my, my note to my stylist every month like can you only send me you know, things that are made in the USA or like ethically made or, you know, whatever it is, ethically and sustainably made. Anyway, about a month and a half ago, I got my, my recent fix. And in the note, she was like, you know, I've real, I was like looking at these, uh, this brand and she goes, and you know, I even Googled to find out where their stuff is made and it's really cool because it's made in, in LA and you've made me think about that in my own personal life. And I'm like, I influenced my Stitch Fix stylist to buy ethically. <laughs> like, this is awesome. Like, I have totally yeah. and have that's, made that's it. That's how it works though. Yes. I mean, that's honestly how it works. It's like, that's how it's happened with food. It's, you yes. know, just having those conversations and like you started to change. And you know this, like just with your faith, it's like you live it out and then that light moves in to others and then that, you know, encourages them to like consider alternatives, an alternative way of living, an alternative way of buying, alternative way of eating, whatever it is. I love it. Now you, so you just got back from Kenya a couple days ago. Um, how, how often do you go? I'm there about, I do at least uh, two to three trips a year. So yeah. this year I did three, I did three trips. Um, and then each trip is somewhere between two weeks and a month, yeah. depending on like what we have going on. Yeah. So what is, yeah. what's on the horizon? Obviously, like I said, this is going to air the first week of January in 2017, which is crazy to me that we are entering 2017. I just can't <coughs> right? wrap my mind around that. Um, but uh, what's what's on the horizon? Like, what is what is next for Zane? Are you gonna like become an astronaut or something? It seems like the na- <laughs> next like like logical step for you. You're like you're yeah, like astronaut um, priest, astronaut priest in Africa. Yeah, it's, it all works together. So, what's next for Zane? What's next for Ubuntu? <laughs> I mean, this. So we we have the last two years like full transparency. The last two years have been really just. I mean, just intense. I mean, some really strong, healthy growth, but also some major restructuring. Uh, I could definitely give a whole seminar on going through a rebrand. Oh, Um, man. You know, but we, you know, we just had, we had a lot of strong, healthy, organic growth for a number of years. Um, And then when you have all these kind of independent, you know, opportunities that are empowering people that then become independent, you know, their own businesses, you find you're like managing way too much. Um, And so two years ago, we started the process of some of these businesses basically spinning out to employee owned, which we're really proud of. Like we have a, you know, we had a a livestock co-op with the Maasai where we were purchasing, testing and weighing goat cheese or goat milk and sheep's milk and then selling it to a cheese company locally in Nairobi that has the largest distribution of cheese in in all of East Africa. Um, But like it had taken on a life of its own. So we, we, you know, we had to slow down the company as we were rebranding 
um, to decide on which programs we're going to stay Ubuntu and which ones we're going to spin off to be on their own. Um, and that was one that's a great example of spinning off to be employee owned and highly successful. And so, you know, the last, you know, basically half of this year, we've started to, to start to go come through the transition of Ubuntu made. And so really 2017, I'm so, I'm so excited to enter into 2017 because we're getting back into growth mode. Yeah. So yeah, some exciting things that we have on the horizon. Like I'm going to be in New York next week. Um, you know, we've launched our new partnership with Red. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you can go to red.com, uh, red.org. Um, and that's, you know, Bono's organization. We have five of our products, uh, two of the Zazzle products, Ubuntu Zazzle products are actually part of the, the lineup with Red. Um, and so I'll be meeting with Red next week in New York and Whole Foods, um, a few other uh, companies talking about, you know, launching new product lines that we have uh, slotted for spring 2017. Um, and then we're even starting to design for, for fall 2017, which is really kind of crazy. That's so um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, so, so that's kind of, I mean, the thing that we're really excited about, we've got a new product uh, that, that we're baking right now that's had a little, some leakage. We had Carly Kloss uh, wear one of these new items um, at New York Fashion Week earlier this year. Um, but we're, I mean, I can go ahead and tell you, we're, we're launching this, this new, um, it's basically a, a bandana slash scarf. Ooh. Um, and we're using this pattern called Kanga pattern, uh, K-A-N-G-A. And it's these just like very beautiful, vibrant patterns, um, that are like Swahili style inspired. Um, and they only make certain number of, of patterns per week. And, and so these, we're basically going to have this whole line of these very vibrant bandanas, um, and scarves, uh, and each bandana will be numbered because we can only do a limited edition of every pattern because they only make so many per week. And once they're out, they're out. Wow. Um, yeah. So really excited about, about launching that. And then there'll be elements of that Kanga lining a lot of our new bags and our fold over pouches. Um, so pumped about the kind of new look and feel of Ubuntu made. So awesome. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. I just, I love, um, you know, hearing everything that you guys are doing. I can't wait to see, you know, just the growth that you guys experience and the blessings that will befall upon you. I just, I just know, I just know that there's a big things ahead for you guys and I'm really excited. Um, Thanks, Molly. Can you tell me real quick as we kind of wrap up here? I'd love to hear a story. Um, you know, just I, I think stories are so powerful and really tell tell so much. Um, what can you tell me a story about maybe an artisan that you've worked with particularly or specifically, you know, on Ubuntu and, and just the impact that, you know, something like having a job can have on yeah. them and in a community? Um, I would probably say Liz Josiah. Um, she has been with the company now for, uh, gosh, she's been with us for about a decade now. Wow. And I first met Liz. She was a graduate of the orphanage that Jeremiah was running when I first met Jeremiah. And, um, she, our first program we ever, we ever did was, uh, back in 2003, we built a trade school, um, connected to the orphanage that Jeremiah was running. And the first 
trades that we were teaching. Um, one was tailoring and one was computer training. And Liz was one of our first students in our tailoring school. And then she graduated, you know, and she was one of many students and I'm, you know, going back and forth between the U.S. and Kenya. And so not really tracking which students are necessarily doing what, but just like excited the students are graduating and moving on. And um, it wasn't until probably 2007, 2008 uh, that we started making product. And I was living here. Uh, but my, my Kenya team ended up interviewing a few different head tailors and, who would you know, be, be in that position for the company. And they selected Liz without even my knowledge. And, you know, Liz ended up training up our initial nine moms. And now we're you know, up to 40 moms who are making all of our products. And Liz is, you know, she runs the factory. Um, and so it's crazy to see, you know, and Liz has... Uh, two children. She's has a baby on the way. I was just, you know, just there with her in Kenya. Her baby's going to be due in February. Um, and so it's why, you know, she owns her own home and she rents a few uh, little apartment units connected to her home. So she has her own business that she's doing on the side. And so it's just powerful to see, you know, doing this for 15 years, you know, you meet this little girl who's in an orphanage who then goes through the training of your first school, graduates, goes and does her own thing for a while, then independently gets hired to be our head seamstress, and then you know runs our factory that is serving you know companies like Whole Foods Market and Red and American Eagle Outfitters and Zazzle. Um, so that's pretty powerful. Wow. Zane, that is awesome. You are awesome. You are so, so much fun <laughs> to talk to, seriously. Um, how can people connect with you online? What's the best way for people to kind of find you on the internets? Oh, on the internets? Uh, you can find me, Zane Wildman, on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is zane.wildman. And, uh, you know, definitely follow Ubuntu Made on Instagram, uh, Ubuntu Made, and then UbuntuMade.com. And then, yeah, ping me, message me. I'm always happy to, to get connected and, um, you know, help grow the brand. And we also take people to Africa. Uh, just a quick plug on our, our tribe. Um, you can join the Ubuntu tribe. It's really a kind of our internal community of committed um, members. And uh, you can join at, you know, $10 a month up to two that we have people at $10 a month up to $2,000 a month plus. Um, and we have over 200 plus tribe members. And we take uh, about two tribe teams to Kenya a year. And so those tribe members get to come over and meet the moms and do house visits and meet their kids and check out the other programs that we're running um, so would love to talk to people about tribe and, and, uh, getting more people involved with that's, what we're doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Zane, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. And I just think that you are the epitome of what running a business with purpose is. And I just, I love <laughs> it. And I, uh, you know, for somebody who is a, um, Episcopal priest biologist who also works in Kenya, like you're just, you're, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Molly. You're awesome. I awesome. appreciate it. This is fun. Awesome. Have a great day. All right. You too. How cool was Zane? I know that when Sanctuary gets busted out in the middle of a podcast, you know that's when it was a good show. 
I would love it if you would subscribe to our show on iTunes. Leave us a review. I literally would come through and hug your neck if I could um, for leaving a review. It means the world to me. And share the show with a friend. If you think somebody would enjoy this show, it just would really mean the world to me for you to share it with them. So thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.